0: Yo, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, yo, welcome back to part two of our conversation. Um, if you're joining us, continue to join us from part one, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome back. If you are joining us for the first time on this pod, and you uh, accidentally clicked on this pod, uh, this is actually part two of our initial discussion on the uh, Unconscious Bias podcast. Now to give you an idea, reason why we split up into two parts. Upon editing, uh, post-edit, I decided to cut this in half because the original podcast uh, run was two hours and 40 minutes, which is a long time to listen to a pod. So I said, yo, I'm going to break this into part one, part two. Um, Part one, we discussed a number of different things. um, Sexuality versus gender, uh, Dave Chappelle versus the LGBTQI community, um, comedians' um, responsibility, accountability, and does Dave Tupel's, um authenticity. Is it fake or is it real? So a lot of good things uh, and more. So, you know, check that out. Um, and then hop over back here to part two to join us. If, in fact, you want to say, hey, I want to continue to listen to this pod and I'll come back later. Or I just want to listen to this pod, period. Uh, yo, I rock with that as well. Thank you th- so much. So if you listen to part one and jump into part two, welcome back. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, and we're going to pick up where we left off. With um, the conversation of parents' response to uh, this new world of inclusivity. Uh, before that, though, um, I want to uh, first address something. Uh, when we recorded this podcast on October 9th, um, a couple of things had transpired. Um, R. Kelly, uh, reports of R. Kelly's record sales going up 500% um, since his conviction. And it reminded me of when Dave Chappelle did that whole video um, or parody of the video of R-, R-, R. Kelly you know the infamous Infamous video I'm talking about um, And you know Dave Chappelle saying, I want to piss on you thing like it really Actually it was interesting Because it didn't affect R. Kelly's career it actually made him More uh, give more notoriety and if you Don't remember it was post That actual you know um, You know P video That R. Kelly created you know step in the name of Love and you know his um, And his uh, closet video um, and um, anthology series, and you know, it he didn't like get less famous; he became even probably more popular, and um, still still continued to tour and whatnot. Even after twenty years of us hearing R. Kelly's um, rumors of and you know hearing videos and seeing uh, specials on R. Kelly, his popularity really kind of never like really went away or waned. Um, and so I always think about this particular concept of. You know, black love. You're like, wait, what are you talking about? And I just think how black people we love so intensely. Um, You know, once we once black people have accepted you in our culture or once we've accepted to love you, um, we rock with you to the end of the road and to the wheels fall off. Um, and that, you know, that's what the beauty of it. it is also really toxic because in that same vein, we will not get rid of anything, no matter how harmful um, it is to our community whether it's a discussion whether it's culturally and you know uh, celebrity and definitely when this family right so we all have heard the stories how we have family members that you know molested certain people in the family but we don't cut them off we just like oh that's just so and so and you know we just kind of turn a blind eye because they're family and you know we don't want to um, negate the part of family we just kind of like live with it even though we probably should like not be we should probably cut off that part of the family we don't um, and I'm not suggesting that we do that to anybody in particular. I'm just making, stating a point. Um, I say all that to say that when, you know, Dave Chappelle, after post recording his podcast, he made a statement that, hey, you know, it, this is what cancel culture like. You know, I love it. You know, obviously he's playing in people's faces because Dave Chappelle is, you know, been a celebrity long enough to know, um, at least wise enough to know, that cancel culture really doesn't exist. He's actually just saying that stuff to you in order to, like, really. You know, piss people off, right? Cancer culture doesn't exist, and in fact, cancer culture, in my opinion, is just another paragon of white supremacy, uh, synthesized into a formula that all races can digest, view, and at their own conveniences. You know, it's easy to take on the uh, the narrative of uh, cancer culture. It was created by white men because they didn't want to be held accountable for their actions or words, and then they, you know, created this narrative that everybody else can then pick up and run with it when it applies to their particular um, silo of interest. But in reality, cancel culture doesn't apply to people who have a certain level of celebrity, uh, notoriety, uh, success, and definitely when it comes to money, right? A white man, right? white rich man is not going to get canceled um, until he's probably even convicted. Boom, right? So in reality, they know that cancel culture doesn't exist. In in fact, the president, the former president that quote unquote was canceled from social media literally had a rally um, that was nationally televised. And you know he was canceled from all different platforms. So they know cancel culture did not exist. It's just a, a narrative that has we've continued to parrot. You know because and it's really laced in patriarchy and you know misogynoir um, uh, understanding. But we don't we want to have those discussions. Maybe I will on a later podcast. But I just wanted y'all to you know talk about that, think about that, and you know we'll continue this conversation of cancel culture later on in the second part of the second half of this uh podcast, but um thank y'all and you know we continue to rock. Let's go.
1: That my answer is what I wish all straight people would do when it comes to the gay community, which is I'm not a parent. I have no idea what that would be like. I don't know how I would deal with my child coming and saying I feel like I'm born in the wrong body. I can surmise and come up with what I think I would do. But the reality is I'm not in that situation to have a child and know what that would look like. Mm-hmm. And so I would wish, I know this is a different point, but I would wish that, um, everyone would do that. For example, for trans people, mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like. I have never felt like I was born in the wrong body, but if you tell me that has your experience, then I probably should just believe you because guess what? It's not easy to be trans
2: mm-hmm.
1: to answer your question. I really don't know. I, I, that I've struggled with. If, if you're five years old telling me you feel like you were supposed to be a girl, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I don't, I don't think that I would take any medical steps to change anything that they might mm. be unclear about. Mm. I get that. You don't want to get them started on a path and then they don't actually feel that way. Right. But I do think that something needs to be done right. other than what we've done in the past, which is... Take off that dress, boy. Take off that makeup. Go put on a suit and pick up a chainsaw and be
0: manly. And that'll that's five fix years it. old. A chainsaw, at five years you old. Know damn. Damn.
1: You, know Paul, you know the point I'm making. Damn, damn. You know the so point I'm raising. So Paul Bunyan's. You know the point I'm making. So instead ben. of yeah, so instead of just, I don't think those are the two options. Yeah, take him right to a, an hospital and get stuff started chopping off, or yeah. tell them to put on a different set of clothes and take off the makeup. I don't think those are the t- only two options. Definitely a dialogue. Let's talk about it. Research, educate yourself, take them. This I don't know, but something other than those two options. And I'm
3: not a parent either. <laughs> um, Yet, but I
0: we had a private conversation about this.
3: You mm. off of my
0: uterus. I know, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole
4: other discussion,
0: right
4: it's there. The podcast,
0: right? You know, and I don't want to so, be on that one. So while he's over, here he's
3: minding my old uh, married yeah. business. <laughs> <laughs> I think, as an educator, what I what I would say is that parents do need to listen more. And I like, I'm with Shanna. I don't know if the step is <laughs> let's go to the hospital and get this process started. Because as an educator, I also know that. Kids change their mind (laughs) like they change their underwear, right? Mm -hmm. Or or like Mm -hmm. they're supposed to change their underwear. But I do think that there is a conversation that has to happen. And you said, how does that happen and and what does it look like? That's where therapists come in. I think that taking advantage of the resources that are in the community is beneficial. And I think trying to start there Mm -hmm. and then, you know, being able to come to terms with it, I don't, I, I, don't know. I don't have children, but I definitely think that it, to Shanna's point and to you know, just to piggyback off what she said, it isn't stop thinking that those feelings aren't real, blah 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 blah. Like you know, a conversation has to happen, yeah. and you, and it has to be a conversation that parents have to be okay uh, knowing that at the end of it, hmm. what you want may not happen, <laughs> right? right. You cannot go into the conversation. I know I'm not a parent, but I will say you cannot, as an educator, you cannot go into that conversation telling that child what they can and cannot do, what they should and should not think, because we all know that they're going to do exactly what you tell them not to do. And so if you want them to have a safe space to where they can trust you, which I think would be what any parent will want, Because there are students who know how to get these fake IDs and do these things to where they can get the process started without you, which could be more dangerous Mm -hmm. down the line, right? I think you have to create space for that student to have the ability to have an open and honest conversation, that child, to have an open and honest conversation with you if you truly want to have an impact on what their decision is.
0: I'm going to be very vulnerable here, so I'm going to, I didn't intend on saying this. My wife's probably going to be like, where are you about to go with this? But um, one of the things in my household uh, with my children, I'm very, very, very um, protective over them to the point where I don't even like, just, Like, I always joke that my kids, my daughter's going to be turning eight soon, and but I always say she's like a young eight. Like she's probably like more like socially, probably like a five, six year old in the sense that. She doesn't listen to certain type of music. She's still very much, you know, like, I, I keep her, I keep them very young, and I say, because I tell my wife that, you know, I want them to be kids, and I don't have them experience. They don't want, like, we curate their experience, and I can't, what happens at school what happens at school, but in the house, we very much curate their experiences, because I always say, they're going to have so much time to be an adult, that I don't need to force the world onto them, you know? And so, I say all that to say that, You know, where I I hear other parents, they have a conversation like, oh, we talked to our kids early on about, you know, sexuality and things of that nature. I don't talk to them about any of that right now because I don't know, and I don't know when's the right time, but I just, I I feel like they're where they're at developmentally, they're not ready to have those deep dive conversations that I can actually, because I don't have all the answers, but then I can't, I don't want to introduce a subject. To them, where they're at this stage, you know, emotionally, and mentally, that they're not prepared to, to, have, to really understand. And I start trying to introduce something to them, like a, in a new conversation. And I'd be like, well, I don't really know how to answer that question for you. Um, and I don't know if that's the right way to go about it, but I'm just being honest. That's just, you know, what happens in our household. And I know some people might say, like, you're, you're not parenting the right way. You should be always having tough conversations. I don't know you know, spoiler alert, I've never had kids before before I started having kids like seven years ago. So, um, you know, this is all kind of a feeling out process and my kids would kind of deal with it when they have therapy in 30 years. So so I just wanted to put that out there. I know, Shannon, you are kind of like absorbing what I was kind of saying, um, but I don't know. I think
3: that's fair and I think it's honest and I think that you're probably in the same space that most parents would be Yeah. Right? I think I couldn't imagine parent that probably was not in that space. Yeah. Like, you know, particularly with kids as young as yours.
1: Right. I would I would say, again, I don't have kids, mm-hmm. so this isn't a comment on how anyone should parent. I yes. do think one thing that I will say is important is letting your kids know in general that no matter who you are, I will always love you. Facts. And, and we so that, yes, without yes. even talking about anything specific, like right. now let's talk about trans. No, just no matter what, happens and right. that's something that's critical because there are kids who are walking around feeling and thinking not because they've had the direct conversation but because of the way their parents talk in a household mm-hmm. or calling this one a faggot or mm-hmm. so now this one's a woman all of a sudden like those conversations we have in front of our kids your right. kids they internalize those yeah and if you are not making it very clear that everyone deserves to be in this space mm-hmm. and on this earth and deserves to be loved. If you make that clear, then if they need to come talk to you about something when they're 12, mm-hmm. that'll be an easier conversation to have because they will know daddy loves me regardless. Right.
0: Facts. And I do I do that. My wife does that. We do try to make sure we incorporate a space for everybody that, like, you know, there was a person a couple years ago, in which I love my daughter for this, who, um, you know, there were... Um, wheelchair in the classroom and she was kept t- talking about it. And, but my daughter has such so sh- such a humanity towards it. And, you know, we were, but we were, I thought we were going to have that conversation. Like you got to treat people the same way, but she was already very protective over that. So I feel like our lessons are seeping in. Like everybody has a space. Everybody, you know, is um, valuable. Everybody is loved. Everybody's caring. And So, but you know, she's a, she's, you know, she's a sweetheart in that regard. Anyway, anyway, I know we, that was not the direction I wanted to go in. Um, but
4: not, not, that's that's needed to say, you know, yeah. because deep down inside, you know, education starts in the home Yeah, and children are not born to hate. They're taught to hate. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the messages, the, the messages that you send to a child, the child will send out to the world and it's still up to you regardless. And it's nothing wrong as a parent to be telling your child the truth. Like, look, I don't know.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't know the answer. Let's learn it together. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But at the same time, because parents are oblivious, sometimes, because I've seen this with my my friends and their children, and and I'm trying to stay in my lane, because again, I don't have kids either, but you can see maturation come a lot sooner, and you have to prepare them as they evolve into that. And so there are times when you may have to, have, there's no, no matter how many rule books there are on raising kids, there's never a, a good ideal time to teach them the things that they need to know as they are becoming to find out who they are. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, you know, it doesn't matter if they're eight or nine or eight or, or 13, there are certain conversations that's going to prepare them between 13 and 17 that need to be had. And
1: and I want to make it clear. We're talking about the messaging and what we say to our children. Right. Absolutely. But there's also, there are not anyone here probably and not you Carlton, but there are parents who are probably like, well, forget about the message. This is what I'm going to do. And it's, and it's dangerous. For example, I was in a deposition with a nice young man, Christian male, straight white male, and I don't know how we got on the topic of trans, but he said he and he had just had a son. He said, listen, if my son comes and tells me that he's trans, he won't have to worry about bullies at school because I'm gonna I'm gonna fix that at home and I'll beat wow. him up before he gets to the school. Wow. He's saying that we're in a courthouse deposition, like not on the record, but right, the point right. is he's telling me this. He knows I'm gay. Right. He's and I believe him. Right. And so yes, we need to worry about the messaging. But also, we need to know that this is what's happening. And so, if, mm-hmm. God forbid his son is, is. and I say God forbid, not because yeah. I think anything's wrong with it. But he has a problem because he has a parent who has said, I will not love you the same.
0: Right. If I you will... come
1: to me and tell me this thing about you.
0: Right. Um. That's really troubling. And that's scary. Uh, I'd, I'm i really blown away. But, see, I'll, I'll... but uh, hold on. Let me just say this, Carlton. Go like, ahead. I think what's really um, troubling about that is you saw how people talk, and we don't have to get deep dive into this one, but like how Dwayne Wade um, his you know, his daughter mm-hmm. and how people, you know, treated him in his parenting. And then yeah, that's on one side of the spectrum. And on the other side of the spectrum, you have this individual, you know, an undisclosed male talking about, I'm going to beat, you know, yeah. the trans out of this person. Right. Like, so you have on one side, someone totally, operating and it's and allowing them to explore who, whoever whomever they are and then you have another side to talk about yeah i'll, I'll kick the shit out of them right if i have to you I'm know i'm saying I, it proudly proudly i'm telling you i'm gonna now. beat i'm gonna beat my child
1: and that'll fix it
0: you know but first of all i'm gonna beat my child right. <laughs> like, i'm gonna i'm gonna physically harm my child right. you know that's not like a christian pardon that's not like a christian yeah no yeah yeah it's just it's it's it's, it's troubling. Anyway, um, Carl, I know you wanted to, to do a point, and I want to move forward on something. Another no, segment. no, no.
4: You you, you go ahead, because if I get deep into this, it's going to ruin the whole show. So now we can segue.
0: Okay, so <laughs> I actually wanted to go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Well, you had said earlier, don't feel like I have to take a cue from you if there's a certain area I want to get to. Yeah. But I don't know if you... It sounds like you do have a specific area. No, but
0: life. no. What
1: do you want to say? This is kind of quick. Okay. But I. one of the other problems that I had was his telling people how to protest. So you talked about the pussy hats and how stupid that is, and the Me Too Feminism. movement, right? And I really thought, please, if you'll indulge me, this quote from Jesse Williams about white people and how they tell us black yeah. people, because yeah. I'm black in this space. Mm-hmm. So I'll be gay in another space, but, but, um, <laughs> his quote is the burden of the brutalized is not to comfort the bystander. That's not our job. Stop with that. If you have a critique for the resistance, for our resistance then you better have an established record of critique of our oppression. If you have no interest, if you have no interest in equal rights for black people, then do not make suggestions to those who do. Sit down. I think that's the exact same thing for Dave Chappelle and how he wants to talk about the Me Too movement, or if Dave Chappelle wants to talk about how the LGBTs protest or how their their movement is going, because in his other special when he was obsessed – He talked about the LGBTs on a bus and how the Ls were fine and the the Gs were fine, but the Bs were problematic and the Ts. So, again, he has all this interest in how people express themselves uh, vis-a-vis the movement and how he compares the movement. But what has he done in in those movements? And I know he said he has this great idea that landed with a punchline on sucking his dick. (laughs) Ha-ha, that's hilarious. But does he have an established record of fighting for women, fighting for gays, fighting for trans because if not why are you telling me how to protest
0: right so that's very that's very interesting i was not going to go this direction but i did want to talk about black feminism and white feminism and i think he was he he it's like he he was getting ready to go there and then he moved off it of very very quickly because then he w- went back into you know um uh gays and you know and then the distinction and whatnot but I thought it was fascinating when he said, I talked to my comedian friend and a wh- woman, and how she talked about how, you know, there was a women's march, and she said, I hope they get pepper sprayed. And I think there is something to be said about feminism. What I thought was particularly f- interesting was he said, Oh, I just Googled it the other day. Like, I don't know if he really did. He kind of, it's probably anecdotal. But um, I've always maintained that I would, and I would tell friends, like, I Googled this a couple years ago, like, what is feminism? And I was like, yeah, I am a feminist. So I tell, when I tell people, yeah, I'm a feminist. Um, and they were like, you're a feminist? Because there's, there's a pejorative ter- thought process, right? And they're like, oh, that means, what are you, a woman? Like, No, I just believe in the, adv- you know, I believe in the rights and advocati- advocacy of uh, women. And, they were like, that's, and they're like, that's what feminism is? That's exactly what feminism is, right? And I'm paraphrasing here. Um, so what I thought was interesting is that somebody said, I had just learned something. But here I am now, I'm going to put myself at the forefront. I can be your leader. Right. <laughs> Which was like, you know, right. it's like, like you get kind of like told y- told on yourself. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, I imagine, again, somebody said, hey, I had just learned that black people don't like us touching their hair. <laughs> I just figured that out. This white person just said, I just figured this out. But because I just Googled it 10 minutes ago, <laughs> and I see that you guys need help in getting <laughs> your message across. Right. I am going to be the leader of your movement now, right? You be like record scratcher, you know? Like, what are we talking? Like, come on, you know? And so I thought that was particularly interesting, and there was like I guess you know the popular term that was problematic, and he wanted to use
1: that really as a vehicle to say because I did it, I got off the bus and walked, Mm -hmm. and I gave away however many million. So really, you just wanted to talk about again how great you are and you're the goat, which is fine. But like, so just talk about that. Right. Don't use this whole, that's not how you protest. Look at how I did it. If you, when you really just want to talk about how you did it.
0: Right. Which like, I, I always felt like him walking away fi- from the 50 million, which is still a very, not only is it a large number now, that was still a large number 2004, but I always felt now re- that he uses that as his badge to be like, I can be a social critic right? because I've walked away from this money, which you can to a point. But we don't even know the mechanics of what that 50 what that entailed. Like we still don't understand, like why you walked away. We've heard the stories, like oh, I was in the writers' room and then I started seeing white writers laughing at a joke and I thought they weren't laughing with me; they were laughing. I, I didn't like the way they were laughing. And then he kind of told another anecdotal story of like, you know, the executives and how they wanted to control my life. So, I was it because, you know, you were this proud black man and you said I had to walk away from fifty million, or was it? Contractual obligations, you I don't we don't know. Plus, so I wanna... he
1: was privileged enough to say he could walk around. Would he have right. done that same thing if he was just breaking out and didn't have any money? He was Dave Chappelle when he walked away. He was a just like phenomenon. when he did this did this Netflix thing. You're already Dave Chappelle. That's not the same. You still get your cred, all that. But don't act like you really did this amazing thing and you were broke when you did it.
0: Right.
3: So Doctor Kimberly Crenshaw, when she talked about so going back to you talked about like feminism and intersectionality and all that, or hi- hitting on intersectionality. I think that when we talk about like intersectional feminism or intersectional intersectionality, we normally just talk about it as it pertains to like black women, white women, mm. Hispanic women, and all of that. And I think the phrase was coined on behalf of black women because of the lack of representation. Right. Right. And so when you look at, the women's movement that he talked about, when you look at these different efforts, it really goes to the heart of the invisibility of all the constituents. Mm -hmm. Feminism, the fact that there has to be intersectional feminism demonstrates that there's, there's someone who's missing. Mm -hmm. And it's not just black women. It's also trans women. It's also like members of the LGBTQ plus I community. Right. I think there, there are so many different layers that when you talk about it, even when you talk about those with disabilities, and, and and when it comes to police abuse, and how even within that, there there are still other layer other layers that have to be impacted. And so, it's it's interesting to even have to have this conversation with people who don't care to even delve into that. Mm.
0: So, you know, I I thought was fascinating. To your point, we talk about you know intersectionality and black fem- feminism and white white feminism. Um, there is a thing that I will say, and you guys are probably aware of this. Carlton, tell me if you're aware of this. The statement of black, oh, excuse me, black, uh, white women um, or whomever the government, whomever um, pr- propagated this idea of feminism, and they in order and they separated black men from. You know, black black women in order and any you know I think I forget uh, Steinem I forget the Gloria, thing, Steinem? Gloria Steinem Gloria and how she was really a CIA person who or something that in effect you know who actually inter, in um they pretty much wanted to infect the black um male and female dynamic by separating black women from black men and saying that. You know, white women and black women have the same, you know, um, same have the same devil. And, you know, and while that really was a white woman's issue, but they included black women and they, what they did is they tore down the, the black community. You've heard of that kind of that thing?
3: I've heard. So I have heard of it like not as, as you as you're saying, but yes, I've heard bits and pieces of it. But I will say that. What tore it down is you can't invite me to a table and then speak for me once I'm there. Don't invite me on a dinner date with your bougie friends and then say, well, this is Keisha, and she is da-da-da-da, and I'm sitting there with a the whole voice that I kind of know how to use. And I think that's where it gets lost, that feminism for some white women means that I'm going to bring you with me, but I'm going to tell everyone about you without allowing you to amplify your own voice, and I think that that goes—that's likely the same for any indigenous group or any group that has been traditionally. What did he say earlier? Um, non-organic. Organic. Non-organic. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you can claim to have this perspective where you can claim feminism, but if your feminism is not rooted. And the needs of Black women, Hispanic women, and and those that you don't understand, it is not feminism. It is literally you are the oppressor in that situation. And it even goes back. I feel like we talked about this before, Kamara, when we're talking about feminism and 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 how we're all the same and how our needs are all the same. It isn't true. Black women are the most educated and and the least paid. It isn't true. That right there shows a shows a, a distinct difference between the needs of a group. Mm. I'm more educated than you, but you're paid more than me. And yeah. I'm not even talking about like a little bit. Like but you're paid a lot more. more than me. Yeah. You're likely to get a job before I get a job. Mm. And I'm more educated than you. And I probably have more experience, but my name is Keisha and yours is yours is Kelly. Mm. And that's problematic, right? Black women are the most educated group, um, subgroup in period. the country. Yeah. Period, period, yeah. period. Black women are the most educated, period. That wasn't in comparison to white women. It was period. There was no like butts or ashes there. Black women are the most educated. And so I think when we're talking about feminism like that, that's another thing that, that kind of gets me going because it is something that's very real and needs to be discussed as well. I think when I was hearing you,
1: it made me think of the fact that groups tend to do this. So whatever the larger group is, That's the oppressed group. So if you're talking about the feminist movement, my my understanding of how a lot of things work, aside from the fact that, yes, they want to speak for us, but there's always this need to separate because if we're trying to be acceptable to the masses and it's all women and there's some lesbians in there that are going to maybe sully the water of the conversation, we don't want to be associated with them. Mm -hmm. Um, The same thing happens with black women. The, the gays do the same thing within our own LGBT, where we, I think initially, a lot of us, and probably still now, are like, well, trans, that's different. Don't hold those against us. Mm-hmm. We are the gays that you should absolutely accept into your household. Now the trans is different. And that's just as dangerous. Like, And, and I, know, I don't know what that is. It's like a craps in the barrel thing. Like this the d- desire to be, I, I'm different. So don't hold whatever that fringe group is against me. I think different, you know, microcosms of groups do that along racial lines, gender lines, sexuality lines. I think it happens a lot.
0: Um, do you think there? they Dave made a salient point though when he said that, um, you know, black women have, you know, I, 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 excuse me, his salient point not about black, that black women have, but black women um, are have been moved out of the space in order and and and. But they had to force themselves into the space that you know black that feminism created. Like you know how you mentioned how you know they, they didn't want you know a, a talk, and, and then she says you know, but I she gave up the famous poem, like you know I, I am a woman, and you know ain't ain't I a woman? Excuse right. me. Um, what were your thoughts about? Did you how did you receive that?
1: That was true and factual, and I received what he was trying to convey in that
0: moment mm-hmm. for sure. What about you, Keisha? Can
3: you say? Well, like,
0: there was a st- uh, statement where he talked about how almost like black women had to involve themselves for respect within the feminism space. Was it Sojourner Truth? Sojourner Truth. Yeah. And he said, I, you know, and she gave up the famous moment, "I Ain't I a Woman? And he talked about how it's almost like um, they want the support, but they don't want you guys to be at the forefront. I think what they talked about in 2016 of how black women, and not, even 2020 we were voting, the Democratic Party wanted Black women to be the face of the party as far as voting, but it's like, but do you, are you going to take up our causes? Are you going to make us to the forefront of social issues as well, or are you just using us as a mule for your own particular interest, self-interest?
3: Think about Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. and what Stacey Abrams brought to this country, <laughs> right? Right. I think anything Stacey Abrams. And I don't, and I don't know. We don't, ha- we don't have the details of what was offered to her. Anything what Stacey Abrams did should have put her on any platform in the world or in, or at least in the United States of America that she wanted to be on.
0: You don't think she is? Mm,
3: it's debatable.
0: I don't know. I feel like
3: it's she deba- is. It's, de- it's debatable. Well, she so wanted
1: we, a different platform, and she didn't get
0: it. You're talking about governors. Right. But so that was prior to, like, what Stacey Abrams delivered to the, to the country, Right, though. but
3: even, so, what was offered to her in the White House?
0: We don't know what was offered to her. We don't know what those private conversations were.
3: Using Stacey Abrams. We talked about her for a few months after the election. Mm-hmm. But what are we saying about her now?
0: That she's going to run for governor in 2022?
3: Over all, over all, what are we saying about her now? We're Nothing.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay.
3: Nothing. But we talk... I don't want to call anyone basic, but we talk about basic people all the time. We give them this space mm-hmm. regularly to take up, just to take up space, period, right? I guess, yeah. And I think that that's unfortunate, particularly November's right around the corner. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that black women are invited to spaces because there's power in who we are and what we can do. Stacey Abrams and those black women in Georgia rallied up all of those people, black, white, or indifferent. They were hitting us up. I know I made phone calls from Florida, mm-hmm. a whole movement that they created
0: to deliver, deliver, a state to deliver a state and the presidency.
3: And then what? Right. <laughs> At minimum, if you want to support black women, if you want to protect black women, if you want to, rec- if you want to recognize a highlight that black women's rights are more important, not more important, but are just as important as anyone else what has been done in this time period I agree. to lift up the voices of black people who took up space for you to get that seat in the white house. That's
0: actually, and that's actually another podcast, but I just want to make this point. I agree with you 1000% to the point where, but that was intentional. Oh, I, I know, but I mean to say this, this, this point that um was pissing me off and I don't want to get into this road. Cause you know how I feel about politics. Um, the fact that they can eliminate the filibuster, in order to protect the debt, the debt ceiling, and at least put an extension until for a few weeks until they can figure out a deal. But when we talked about the filibuster for voting rights, that was like that was a non-starter. But
3: that's my point. Right. But that, but that's my point. Exactly your point. Why yeah. do you think Stacey Abrams Abrams took up that space? Why do you think those women took up that space? Right. Because it was more than just about Georgia. It was yeah. about what the what the potential of having Georgia would do for right. people who look like her. Right. She was taking up space and they were taking up space for all of us. Right. And now the people who said, get us here and we will do this for you. Right. Are still sitting here fucking thinking about whether or not they're going to give us voting rights. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. It is absurd. So you have people who are in positions to give us platforms, but not for real though. Right. It's only when it's convenient, only period. It's, convenient. it's yeah. only when it's convenient, right? That is a problem with feminism. It's a problem with how intersectionality of all of it comes into play because you want us here, but only when it benefits you, and when it no longer serves you, then what?
4: Exactly. Well, the, the, there's definitely segregation between women and feminism, feminism, and. I've always said it before that, you know, it doesn't matter how down white folks want to be for the cause. They are not going to compromise their privilege for our progress. Mm. They're just not going to do it. And, you know, white women, they love the enthusiasm and the influence that black women do contribute. But again, they want to make sure that they are the voice. They want to make sure that they are the person behind the, you know, not even behind the scenes, but the person that is being seen before the public. Mm-hmm. I've, always say, I've always had a negative stig- stigmatism to, not stigmatism, I've always had a negative stigma towards feminism because I always thought it was just a bunch of angry white women talking about yay women, this, yay, yay women, and hating men in, in general. So instead of me becoming more informed and involved about the struggles of women, I became what I think I call myself to be a pro-masculinist because the, the man is dying in some cases and we're going through just as much as women are. And we have to sit here and have a lot of, uh, struggles to overcome as well. And there's always this conflict going back and forth. Who has the worst between men and women? And I've always had this idea that when black women joined the feminist movement along with white women, it got a little bit to be more angrier and it went from having rights to now I have to prove and it, and it kind of, came into the, the the relationships of black men and women. So now women have to prove the equality. Like you said, you being educated and being, you know, underpaid, that would drive anybody crazy. But now you're you're competing with your mate to try to prove a point and trying to get this agenda across. And that's why I've always had this integration towards feminism. And I've always and again I'm being quiet now. Cause I'm like, yo, I'm learning more tonight than I ever have. But I was always, fuck you angry white <laughs> I've always been on that. And I think that that's a, just from, from a, from a angry black man myself, I'm learning a lot more through this conversation about feminism and, and all these other subject matters. But I just wanted to get
3: Is, that two cents out there. It's interesting, Carlton, you you described yourself as an angry black man. And you said that when it seemed it seemed as if when black women entered the feminism movement, became angry. And I think it goes back to Kamara's Ain, Ain't I a Woman? Mm-hmm. I ain't never had yeah. a man open no doors for me and and give me no best place ever, right? You know what I'm saying? I think it it isn't even a matter of being angry, but it's seeing that you belong in spaces and, and you should receive things because ain't I a woman and you aren't. And I think it's, it, it's what gives us pause, is what makes us feel like we're we may not have even known we were missing something, but now we see it and we want it, right? right? We want the same equal treatment that everyone else gets.
0: No question. I would I'd I'd actually say that uh, when people say black men say black women are angry, I'm like, well, you know, they got a lot lot of right reason to be angry. First of all, black women are not angry; they're just now speaking up and using their voice. But what I would say is that. I mean, some of us are angry, and that's okay.
3: I remember I remember telling someone it was around Trayvon um, when Trayvon Martin was murdered. And um, one of my classmates, I was like, sis, you sound like real angry. She's speaking to the media and she was yelling. And I was like, you sound real angry. And she was like, because I fucking am. Right. And I was like, you know what? <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Go ahead, sis. Right. Like, who cares? Like, you right. know, it." but that was trying to like, all of us were angry. Right. I'll right. never forget how family law was like divided. It was like either. Listen, ain't no, ain't no, there's a possibility. Either you with us or you <laughs> yeah. about to get your ass cut. out. Right. Period. Like, right. that's it. And I just remember, I was like, "We all are angry, you know what I'm saying." Mm-hmm. And it was, and it was her moment to have that space to express that frustration because that boy should still be here, period. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But here we are, I, I, these I, good white hold people. On, here we are, yeah. these good white people trying to, you know, temper what we felt, which absolutely was anger. So I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. You right. Mm-hmm. Go off, sis.
4: I- I just want to emphasize that I'm not saying that black women are angry. Or what I'm saying is is that white women, have, they took the passion that you all contributed, and they made it so that, that they were angry. And not, it, I wasn't saying that y'all made it angry. I'm just oh, saying... Right. So the passion and the enthusiasm that white women have just adopted as their own, what they really did was they stole off of your, and I guess the word of the day is organic, your organic principles, your organic uh, enthusiasm, and thus they made it into a, a system in which they were a bunch of angry white women talking about women's rights. And I'm like fuck you angry bitches but nonetheless
0: hold on, hold on first of all chill let me say this uh you going to call women i didn't bitch.
4: mean to, yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know that's why i'm, I'm but yeah. someone else that said fuck off so I, I was like oh well shit yeah. i'm, a, I'm a, anyway
0: but no nah, it's cool i just wanted to make sure we we are going to respect but i will say this though man um if, if black women are angry that's okay it's no i mean you have a right to live in that anger all right i want to move this conversation forward in another sp- space um, we talked about organic And if we just keep, take a couple minutes on this Because I want, I want to end on another spot um, Dave Chappelle talks about J.K. Rowling And I actually have the clip um, I'll play a portion of it Because you know where he's going with it But I just want to play So to bear with me
5: and They've canceled people that are more powerful than me They canceled J.K. Rowling My God J.K. Rowling wrote all the Harry Potter books by herself <laughs> She sold so many books The Bible worries about her and they canceled her because she said in an interview, and this is not exactly what she said, but effectually, she said gender was a fact. And then the trans community got mad as shit. They started calling her a TERF. I didn't even know what the fuck that was. But I know that trans people make up words to win arguments. So I looked it up. TERF is an acronym stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. This is a real thing. This is a group of women that hate transgender. They don't hate transgender women, but they look at trans women the way we blacks might look at blackface. It offends them. Like, ooh, this bitch is doing an impression of me. (laughs) Now, I shouldn't speak on this because I am not a woman, nor am I trans, but as we've established, I am a feminist, that's right. I'm team turf, I agree, I agree man. Gender is a fact, you have to look at it from a woman's perspective. Look at it like this, Caitlyn Jenner, whom I've met, wonderful person, Caitlyn Jenner was voted Woman of the year. Her first year as a woman. Ain't that something? Beat every bitch in Detroit. She's better than all of you. Gender is a fact. This is a fact. Every human being in this room, every human being on earth, had to pass through the legs of a woman to be on earth. That is
0: a fact. So, first of all, the most problematic thing I had in that, that statement was the fact that he said Kate, Caitlyn Jenner is a wonderful person. I'm like, chill. I'm like, chill. Uh, as we come to find out, Caitlyn Jenner is actually an opportunist, you know, terrible human being. Um, and this is why, and this is why she couldn't even get out the dust of the uh, of her gubernatorial uh, race and or attempt in California. But um, that's one of most, my most problematic statement. The other part I have is that when he was assigning um, uh, women the ability to have children and I just want to state that I felt like again I want you know my problem with with that was I know women who are friends of mine who have a hard time conceiving and so when we start getting into the realm of because you can you can you the ability to have children is a barometer to grade somebody on their you know womanhood That becomes a slippery slope and a problematic um, ideal. And I think we have to, again, that's where we have to like look at this comedy special and be like, you know what? You know, we can't base somebody because they can quote unquote create life organically in the whole food styles, number seven. Hmm. (laughs) We have to be able to, that's not how we're supposed to be grading because, again, on the same spectrum, if a guy, a can't have kids because his sperm ain't working. Is it, you ain't a real man.
1: And nobody's ever said that. Nobody's and it's yet again, that. looking at woman, women as their ability to do something other than be themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you can't produce something for the good of your husband or your family or for life or this earth, then what are you doing here?
0: Mm-hmm. And it comes from a very um, uh, patriarchy, patriarchal, is that just say pitch? Patriarchy, patriarchal? patriarchal,
3: is that a
0: word? Patriarchal, he patriarchal is absolutely your word. Patriarchal uh, point of view and how they view view women in this space of this world. Right. What can you produce in order to validate your your presence? And if you can't produce to validate your presence, then why are you here?
1: Even the abortion discussions that we're having, mm-hmm. like so, there's there's commentary that well, if your child, your unborn child, is a subject of rape. Or incense, then there are some people who would be like, fine, I'm fine with abortion, which is problematic because it defines still if someone has traumatized you, if some, the definition is based on still what has happened to you with a man. Based on that, will decide whether or not you are worthy to decide what you do with your own body. Mm
0: -hmm. That's a problem. Right. You know, and that's actually a a significant um, issue within just society, how they view women in general, as you so, so eloquently stated. Um, so, you know, that's something I, I thought about, Carlton. Do you have a statement on that, or did you just? Um, again, I, I didn't find
4: anything wrong with it. I mean, I, I thought, you know, it was a clever bit. Um, I think he had a point. Um, But, I mean, again, hearing the, the, the opposite side of it, I mean, uh, now you, it gives um, reasons to pause, mm-hmm. but... I thought that the bit was clever. Um, I
0: think I laughed at that
3: part, but saw nothing wrong with it. Right, Keisha. I th- I don't know if you saw me. I was laughing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were laughing.
3: Yeah, I mean more so at like the thought, like Caitlyn Jenner did win when Woman of the Year, which is
0: the absurdity of it, right? <laughs> right, right. Because
3: it, but then to your point, because it's Caitlyn Jenner, and right. it's and it's so for that it's we're. So in that instance, I think we were more obsessed with the idea than actually getting a good person. Right. Right. Like, that's the problem for me.
0: So I think it really it speaks on society's willingness to be instantaneous, right? Because when Caitlyn came out as transgender like four or five years ago, Mm -hmm. and it was this, and she had the funny thing I always found about that was like, I I was in amusement because she had got this, um, Vogue magazine cover, and she got this all this rolling out carpet. And I thought that was really fascinating that she had this rollout to her um, announcement to the world um, and capitalized by the fact that she got woman of the year. Society, I think, has a problem with assigning the level of importance based on celebrity. Mm -hmm. It's not important unless a celebrity does it. It's not significant unless a celebrity does it. You know, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't provide value.
3: And not all celebrities because the post actresses don't get. And not all celebrities because the post actresses are still talking Mm. about the disenfranchisement they're seeing in the same industry. Right. That's a problem. Right. That's a a huge problem Mm. because here you have this complicated person Mm. who still goes by Bruce to people in his family. Still goes by dad to mm. some people in his family. Has
0: told him, "I'm still your father."
3: My, <laughs> you're making my point for me, right? So you you have this person who we're who we are using, and you're putting Ooh. this person on the platform. But meanwhile, people who actually have a very and I'm I don't want to say the experience is not real for Caitlyn Jenner because I don't want to be one of those people. But what I'm saying is when you have have Caitlyn. Telling, you know, you're, I'm still dad, I'm still your father, or, you know, the, the grandkids, I guess, call them like granddaddy Bruce or whatever. Mm. That is, I think it's disingenuous for those who are fighting every day to just be. Right. I think it's like Angelica Ross, and I can't remember all of I used to know all the names because I watched Pose all the time. I used to watch Pose all the time. That's problematic for me.
0: Well, that goes to, to your point of like, what's feminism? And 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 it. well,
3: this is that's not even feminine. This is intersectionality and how oh. we only view it in certain areas, and it's only made for certain people. Yeah, you got a whole cast of Pose that's black trans women. Yeah,
1: why isn't he showing black talking and about Latina? Them? Right. right, black and Latina trans women. So,
0: you she did was, a whole cast of things? a uh, show called Pose on black FX. and
3: Latina trans women. It's called Pose on FX. And so he wants oh, to make okay. a point about
1: trans women, and he coincidentally and conveniently is using Caitlyn Jenner, who nobody is is pretending is a representative of the trans community. Mm-hmm. Right. So why that? I'm sure is purposeful. That was pr- very intelligent. There's it, a whole cast. Right, why right. didn't you use it? Why didn't you talk about any of them?
0: And so if I can walk into the mind of Dave what I'm thinking, the reason behind the bit, it's a show, and I, I said, I said um, the. Feminism, But I wanted to say the falsity of feminism um, is to show that here is a person who doesn't deserve to, to be, quote unquote, the leader or the um, the uh, uh, example of this space and what we've placed them on there. And I think he wanted to show like how the absurdity sometimes of these movements of how we as a society want to put people in spaces that they don't have not earned. And I think that's where the quote unquote, I, I'm, I'm assuming the genius of that's why I'm going to be a feminist and I'm going to be the leader of like, he's trying to show there's absurdity in placement of people in spaces they haven't earned yet, but I'm going to put them in there because that's kind of what I am because I'm a celebrity and I'm known.
3: And the names but were Angelica Ross. I want to make sure I say, say them right Angelica Ross, MJ Rodriguez, India Moore, Dominique mm. Jackson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And isn't one of the co-producers Janet mock.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: And so I'm saying, to your point, Dave Chappelle, though, is participating in it. Here he has a platform, mm-hmm. and he's talking about how ridiculous it is that we do X, Y, Z. But he takes the time to educate us on what he thinks is important. Right. So he tells us about, you know, the the. St- Uh, Sojourner Truth and he Mm -hmm. tells us about his friend Daphne but that would have been a great space since you're educating your audience Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to talk about these black and Latino women who are trans Mm -hmm. since you want to I mean you're talking about blacks and gays and trans like they're three separate people Mm -hmm. you have a whole cast you can draw on so why don't you tell us about that why don't you google that and educate your audience about that
0: right and so there's that they're in about the problem I feel like majority of Americans 80% of people are stupid no, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit that. Eighty percent of people are fucking stupid. And I tell you why are, they're well, they're stupid. And I tell you this Let me
3: is find this data. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, this is Kamara data. You won't be able to find that on Google. Oh, uh and so got um got it. here's the reason why I say that. Uh and what I mean by that is we live in this TikTok generation. We live in this Twitter <laughs> generation. And I say this on Facebook. Well, I don't I don't just like to post politics anymore as much as on Facebook because what I find is that most people don't want to do the work and they'll just, I'll post something and then be like, where'd you get your facts? Like, I don't know. You can Google this shit. I can tell you where I get my facts, right. but you don't want to do the work. And so you want me to do the work for you.
2: Right.
0: But that's how the majority of people are. They'll just take information and nobody wants to do the work. And so they just accept what's being told to them. And that to me is stupid and I'm sorry that's derogatory, but it's true. If I told you something
1: like pumpkin pie tastes as good as sweet potato, which pie. is this is
0: a notifiable fact, you know, and we're not going <laughs> to, um, you know, I
1: mean, we were talking about stupid, so that no, I mean, like a it, great segue. I mean, it's
0: stupid that people don't don't believe that pumpkin pie is the greatest thing. So yeah, you know, okay, <laughs> so um, you know, but if I told you that and you were like, oh, okay, you know, just accepted it, right, that'd be a problem, right. You know, or, but that's what that's where we
1: are. Or that Puffy could give Jermaine Dupri a run for his money. I mean, you know, listen, like I
0: that. accepted my <laughs> Copa, and you guys d- do not want to let me. I will I will move. Up, I move off that point by saying I was wrong. God okay. damn it. I was All wrong. Right. Good. Wrong. OK, Go but yeah,
1: you know, and so you should do a special about it like two different specials to really prove your point that by pumpkin pie and Jermaine <laughs> Dupree and all that so
0: um <laughs> touche so here's the thing two and a half hour special, right so here's here's the here's the thing about that right so going circling back to Dave Chappelle when he has these specials and he's profiting information he has to know that a lot of people are not going to go back and do the work right they're not going to do it that's just the human nature. Human Nobody's going to go back and be like, "I'm going to follow up on what a freaking turf is." Right. You know? I'm just going to accept what he told me and I'm never going to and then I'm going to reference it in a conversation to somebody else. Right. Because I'm not, but I'm not going to do the work. And that's the danger in where he has with his platform that I think maybe he does know or he doesn't, but he has to accept that. And I don't know if he's accepted that because he's shown he hasn't he's not willing he, or he, he maybe challenged the audience. Right. I said these things, but I'm going to force you, after you turn off this Netflix issue, the Netflix series or special, Google this. Look into this. Find this out. I welcome the engagement. Prove me wrong or show me right. But, you know, just don't say this is what I think and then everybody else is going to take that. And I think that's where I have my biggest contention on that. Um, Carlton, what do you think? Um. Um. I can tell he's processing.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I really am. I'm trying to gather my my thoughts. It's all, um,
0: right. It's all right. We can move on if you don't want. You-
4: no, 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 no. I, I just want to. Um, Say something that's poignant. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was the realest moment on this podcast. I just want to say something that's poignant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you, you have
4: a point to um to challenge your audience um and you also have a a, a point to um also do your own research uh because if that's not the only time that people just. Think blindly just because if someone says something. Because if that's the case, then you know you got a lot of people who who read the Bible and they just go on what the passages say and they don't think it for themselves. You're never pick up the so Bible think, throughout the week, right? Right? They they go to church and they just say, "Well, hell." They that's that's a whole nother different story. So I, I think that it's important to be informed. Um, it's important to be informed. Uh. But at the same time, it's also to be important to research for your own edification.
0: Human nature doesn't do that though. We don't do You just mentioned church. Politics is the same way. People don't do that. Trump will say something and be like, that's the truth. CNN will say something, that's the truth. Fox will say something, that's the truth. You know, and so we do that often. And that's why when I, I was being facetious, but I, I I do truly believe that. I say people are stupid. 80% of people. I've done jury trials. And I know that individual. I would say humans are smart, people are stupid. when you get them in a group, their collective intelligence goes down. And you can get in front of a jury, <laughs> and you say something, and they'll be like, if you got the jury in your hand, they'll start nodding along with you. And they will never think like, like when you hear people say, I got the jury, I have the jury, because like anything I say now, they're going to go along with it. You know, and Shana's, Shana, she's just like nodding her head because she, she, she's seen it, you know. And so anyway, um, moving on, the last t- part part I want to get into is why cancel culture is fake as fuck. <laughs> I don't believe in cancel culture. No. I'm- you don't
1: believe that it exists or you don't
3: agree
0: with it. I don't
3: believe it exists. Okay, tell tell us more. Did you see the room that Dave Chappelle walked into like right after he was canceled after his Netflix special? He had a he had this event and it was packed.
1: When was Dave Chappelle canceled?
0: Oh, he said he was canceled.
1: Yeah. I don't know that that's true.
0: I know. That's the point. So that's.
1: Uh, th- oh, him specifically. Yeah. I, not, no, no, not canceling people in general.
0: No. The only time cancel culture has ever worked is uh, Chrisette Michelle. And so, <laughs> but she wasn't canceled. She was blackbald. blackballed.
1: Chrissy Teigen is dealing with some stuff. She said some things when she was younger and told a, a minor to go kill herself. And people were like, oh, no, John Legend's wife. You're going to have to stop that. And she stopped being Chrissy Teigen and went to being John Legend's wife. Is he blackballed? No, and the point I was going to make was I think cancel culture exists at least temporarily, Mm. and I think depending on how much we like somebody or not is how quickly they can come back.
0: Okay, that's fair.
3: I don't know if I really believe that. Like, So, yes, there were people who decided to unfollow her, but she still has like... Oh, she was definitely
1: canceled, and she posted about it. She was like, "This is so difficult for me. I'm not that person anymore." From her what mansion in Malibu, right?
0: But like, <laughs> she
1: went from like this big show and everyone loves, and she's got cookbooks. They canceled her cookbook, whatever. They canceled the whole deal, so it did mess with her money. Maybe not tremendously, but in her from her perspective, she looked like she was hurting in those posts. Now, no, not permanently. She still slept well and with with her very rich husband as well, um, but. She, when we're discussing whether or not it exists, I'm not saying cancel culture is something that can take everything from you permanently, but it can mess up your your sponsorships, your whatever, your engagements, your business deals, absolutely.
0: Okay, it can mess up your money in a certain sense, but when people say, I've been canceled, like, you still have a platform. Like, I the thing that bothered me when um, Kevin Hart was like, I've been canceled, and I'm like, I mean, but you got, like, four movies coming out, like, you know, and you have... You still have deals, network deals. And, okay, you didn't get to host the Oscars, which you decided to walk away from. No one told you not to do it.
1: That was my problem with Dave Chappelle. He really was trying to come up with a whole bunch of victims. The baby is a victim. Kevin Hart was a victim. Um, Harry Potter lady was a victim. And I don't buy that. I reject that premise. And I think this is part and parcel with the whole conversation about cancel culture. To the effect that it had to affect your business for a minute, I don't know how sad I am for you. But right. I will say for Kevin Hart's piece, he said, I apologize so many times. I refuse to apologize one more time. If he had apologized one more time, this dream that Dave Chappelle went on and on about for him to host the Oscars, Oscars would have happened. Right. But he was so hard on the fact that I will not apologize, which is weird to me. It was really so weird. Why wouldn't you apologize? Right. If I hurt you and I apologize, if you're my friend and I hurt you and I said something horrible, and then you were like, just so you know, that still hurts me. And I apologize to you every day. And somebody's like, "You can have this great opportunity. All you have to do is apologize to Kamara one more time." All right, hey, again, I am so, I'm so sorry. Sorry. It, so you didn't take that opportunity if I don't uh, apologize. He took that he took opportunity for himself. for himself.
0: And you know, you made you made the point of a, a gentleman saying, "I'm going to beat my child if it." That was the one of his main jokes. Like several right. years ago, he said, "Oh, if I found out my child, is, I'm going to throw a toy on. You know, right. I'm going to beat him." So that just shows you that that joke came from a very real place. Right. And he naturally he apologized for it. But I remember watching that special that he had where he was talking about the Oscar and then his quote unquote controversy that and everything dealing with it. And I was watching it with my wife and it was kinda like weird as to your point. I was like, he's really like just stuck on his stance and it's it got it was an awkward watch. Right. Like it was like, bro, like all you gotta do is say I'm sorry. Right. That's all you gotta do.
1: And, and what you, a powerful thing to do because I, as a gay, the lesbian, the, had never yeah, heard any yeah, of Shannon the lesbian. Right. I had never heard of any of his apologies. So what power there is in saying for the hundredth time if you have to, I am really sorry. I acknowledge the power that I have mm. in my platform and that people are listening. So I wanna say again, again to the gay community, that was That was heartless, that was not thoughtful, and I am sorry. Imagine the power for people who had not heard your 7 or 20 other apologies hearing you say it again. That shows how important it is to you. And your refusal to do it sounds like you really would say, I'd rather not fucking host the Oscars than apologize to you one more time.
0: Right, you know, it's it's like this. Let's say you really fuck up around your wife. And your wife's like, you know, and you you have a relationship, obviously, and you say... You apologize all the time, right? You really, you really, you fucked up. And you'd be like, I'm sorry, sorry. And your wife says, I don't know. And you're like, you know what? I'm done fucking apologizing to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, how do you think that's going to go over? Right. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm done fucking apologizing. I've been apologizing these last several months. I'm never going to fucking apologize ever again. Exactly. You're going to have to deal with this shit that I've done and get over it. Now, what the fuck do you want for dinner? <laughs> You exactly. Know, I can imagine. I remember you that. are speaking my kind of language. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> That's how you <laughs> communicate, Carlton. That's exactly. That's how I
4: communicate. How I'll communicate. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, I don't remember, are you
1: married or otherwise?
4: uh I'm I'm currently dating. And um,
1: <laughs> how's that working out for you? <laughs> <laughs>
4: You know, hey, look, <laughs>
3: <Get it. laughs> woman, I ain't perfect, Get <laughs> I don't know if I really believe in cancel culture. Do I believe Chrissy Teigen still has over 30-something million followers, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So when you say someone is cancel, or when I think of cancel culture, I mean like a blurry, right? Like we are not talking about you ever. You are a thing of the past. And while I know... Her feelings may be hurt, and I know that it doesn't feel good that people and she's are lost actually some money. pushing back. Yeah, she has, like, yes, she have like she's lost money. So in that regard, yes, right. But, and yeah. but I don't, I don't see that as real. Like because the moment that she posted, you know, the one year anniversary about her, you know, her the loss of her son, everybody's back in back again. She pulled everybody back in. Mm. And this is the same person who I thought y'all just canceled, and not just her. I just think we also have short term memory. Period. Right? Like look at. Look at most of the people who've done egregious things and we have freely like allowed them back in and welcomed some of some of them have been welcomed with open arms because our memories are very short. I don't think that cancel culture is as um, prominent as we make it out to be. And I think that is more toxic than anything else. I think when someone doesn't like it, like if I don't like what Shannon, Shannon and I have disagreements all the time. I may dislike something that Shannon does. I may dislike something that Shannon says, and they could be so egregious that I'm like, girl, like what? WTF? But at the end of the day, I think it's toxic to just cut people off because you don't like something that they've done. Like we're adults, Mm -hmm. right? And know that person doesn't have to be in your space. But I think when conversations are not happening or, or because we have disagreements, I now cannot function in my life without ensuring that everyone is, you know, coming at your page and letting you know how much of a horrible person you are, which they did with Chrissy Teigen. Right. I felt, I feel like it goes into bullying and I hate to say it like that, but that's what it is. Like how, it, they, it how, is. They, how they came at her was you hurt. And I mean, let's be real. How many of us have said kill, kill yourself? We like you I've
1: never told anybody that. That's kind of crazy.
0: I've never told anybody. Cares,
1: but I think so. that's a younger I say it, it all the time. It, it, I think yeah, that's it, a younger older it, thing. It, it, I, don't, it is. I think you're
0: my generation.
1: Younger people now are
3: saying, it is. "Go
1: kill yourself. Go die. Go to sleep." Like, I've never said that. So, I yeah. I, okay.
3: I have absolutely said all the time. I have absolutely said like kill yourself like before. <laughs> And no, I did not mean it for some. For well, some. <laughs> it's
1: crazy, and you're actually sitting here
3: justifying it. You know, I'm told not me, when justifying I say kill it. yourself,
1: I don't want you to do no, it. Man, I'm I just, just said, lightly suggesting I'm it. I'm just
0: suggesting it. that you Isn't cut it, off wouldn't yourself.
3: Would it be funny if you not. killed yourself? Would it be hilarious? Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Get First my part.
3: joke, bitch. I am bitch, not. I apologizing. Y'all can sit here and act yourself bitch. righteous all you want, but I'm pretty sure there are multiple people in your uh, in your circles who have said it before. Like, okay kill yourself. And I don't all know. I here, do not know where it came from, but I'm not going to sit up here and act like I have never said it. And I'm not going to sit here and act like Chrissy Teigen, when whoever that was, who was probably talking trash to her, they probably came on her post talking shit, and she was like, "Bitch, go kill yourself." Like, and no, it doesn't make it right. But then now, all of everyone who came to her post later. And then invited her to kill herself, or did all the all the things. Like, how is that any better? How is it any better?
0: It's not good either way. Can I say that? What Be you, clear. We...
3: Be clear. I did not say it was good. I said it <laughs> happened. It was just funny, and I didn't. I, and I didn't say it was funny either. <laughs> I, I said I do not know where it came from, right. but people absolutely say it, and I'm not going to sit here and act out self righteous like people say it all the time. I know, and I know. I'm not saying that is right, but what I'm saying is. Y'all want to like, put your lawyer suits on and be like, I ain't never said nothing crazy. I said I. I, oh, I plenty of crazy stuff. I I've say, never invited yes. anyone
1: to no longer be alive.
3: I'm just saying. That's, no judgment. And I you just know, I just have know never that they're not really inviting someone to no longer be alive, which is...
0: But you know what? But you know what? Words are powerful, right? So if somebody says something, you know, that you take stock in, you know, you don't know how your words can be delivered and received, right? And you don't know if somebody's going to be like... If I, I don't have this type of power on social media, but if I said, man, y'all should just really, you know, so-and-so, you should kill yourself. I don't know how this person feels about me. I don't know how this person feels about me. They may take what I say as like, damn, Kamara really don't like me. Damn. like, In, a,
3: in the Kamara stats, how many people do you think have actually killed themselves by someone saying, bitch, kill yourself?
0: I don't know. I don't want to even go down this morbid road. I'm trying to figure that out. That's really morbid. <laughs> You know. Well, I make my, my living.
3: living.
0: acting real self righteous. I'm not. Yeah, I sure. mean, it's really. Not a I'm like,
1: it's, it's a, joke a. I mean, the distance of Jesus God. out here God. in these
0: streets. Go ahead, Carlton.
4: I'll say this. Um, I make my living pissing people off at the same time while I make them laugh, and I am not responsible for the barometer of your sensitivity. I'm just not. I I think cancel culture applies for those who want to care because their money is fucked up or they are losing clout. But if you are saying whatever you're saying or doing whatever you're doing, and it happens to, again, offend, but doesn't disrespect somebody else, that is not your problem. I know the context of what I am saying and doing when I say and do whatever I do on stage. And if it, if it affects you in the way in which you do not laugh, you need to get out, your, we come here to laugh. We come, I'm doing my job, so do your job, and you know, and, and not take so much context into your personal emotions. Cancel culture is those who feel so self-righteous and so sanctimonious that they feel that they are entitled To influence someone else based off of their personal agenda. That is not right, in my opinion. It is not right. It is not fair. It is not just. It's a bunch of bullshit. And I go back I've been suspended. I've been in I've been in more Facebook jails than And, and it is, it is it doesn't matter how I disguise whatever it is that I'm saying, I don't I don't you know, I would like to think that I'm intellectual enough to not be as blatant as I could be, but I'll look back on some of the things I said, I've said words. I, I said I have said on, on one particular page. I, I'm 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 not going to say the actual sentence, but I have said something in regards to disregarding these kind of women. So there's a... But anyway... What?
0: <laughs> okay, move, let's... Wait, wait. That's
1: a nice way to say fuck them bitches. <laughs> let disregard this group of women. Yes.
4: Uh, but if... But... But... I got a I got a uh, a sister from Facebook just by saying that I said disregarding those kind of women, these standards and procedures and premises and blah blah blah, and they suspended me for thirty days based <laughs> off of that.
3: I got suspended for talking about. Okay, now I want to know what kind of women were they? <laughs> a certain kind of women.
4: <laughs> you know, just- a certain type of women. <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: just- were they
1: prostitutes? I may I, I could've I may have I may have
4: indicated that they were bitches, but I did not sue I did not use the word.
3: You just said it. <laughs> <laughs> I what, said it now. What, what word but, did you say? But my use point if you did not you got suspended for thirty days, so now we wanna know.
4: But my if point did is you say
3: bitches, what did you say? I,
4: I, no, 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 that, that's my point. I've said so much horrible things on Facebook that I put in the sentence, in the comments. disregard those type of women. And that sent me a suspension.
3: What type of women? Did you say type of women?
4: No. I'm, ask, I put ask in the comment. Ask for a You're lawyer.
3: in a safe space. <laughs> ask for a no, 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 no. I'm,
4: I'm, I'm, I'm all aware of, no. The comment that I posted, I said, disregard those kind of women. And Facebook came back to me and said, there procedures. This is not in regards of that's how we."
1: Said?
4: That's all I said. But I've said so much worse.
1: What's your comedy stage? I, I need to follow you and figure out what's going on. <laughs> um, you
4: can you you can, <laughs> you can follow my, my YouTube page. My YouTube page is CDM. Ministry.
1: Okay.
4: <laughs> ignant Ignace. Ignace. Oh, wow. called...
3: ministry. Ignant ignant. Ignant I G N E
4: N C E. I G N what? I G N E N C E. C D M Ignance Ministry.
3: Okay.
4: Ignance. Ignance, right. Not ignorance, ignance.
3: So not ignorant, but ignance? Like yeah. the whole, how you gonna miss? though? it's not though.
1: just ignorant, there's Ignits.
0: a whole group of it. It's ignorance, ignorance, it's, it's not just one ignorant, it's a group uh, of ignorance. It's a, a lot of ignorance, yes. Yeah. L'Oreal is ignorance. I mean, I've, i uh, f- f-
4: f- f- <laughs> for the sake of my dear friend Kamara and in uh, our liaison, I've been on my best behavior for the last two hours. You
0: I've been wanting to turn up. You, you have been on turn up you, then. You have been on your best, <laughs>
1: go ahead and get ignorant.
0: All right, so listen, um. All right, let me just say this about, and I'll end it on the cancel culture. Um, why I don't believe in it because we've known for twenty plus years R. Kelly was a, a predator. Speak on it. And
3: Shanna's still out here stepping in the name. Of I'm like,
0: I'm. And, and then it still it took don't R. Kelly in 2021 that. to get convicted for people might be like, yeah, I might not listen to that R. Kelly stuff. So, I know a lot of people stopped playing his stuff, but the music industry protected him for years because he was a golden goose by production and writing. But if he was really canceled and we've known about this, then we wouldn't have, R. Kelly would not have been producing for the past 25, 30 years. And that's where I'm at with it. When I, when I think of cancel culture, cancel culture doesn't apply to those who are rich and have um, some scores of celebrity. It might apply to those who, who celebrity can't outweigh, you know, people discuss with them. That's what I'll say. If you don't have the cachet cachet or the celebrity to um, counterbalance people's disgust with you, then, yes, it may apply. But for a lot of times, the people who complain about being canceled, they still have the platform to do what they want to do. Donald Trump complained about being canceled, and he's still very much relevant. We hear about him every damn day, you know, in other forms, even though he doesn't have Twitter and Facebook, you know, and and other social media platforms. All right, Um, so I'm going to let y'all... Uh, I had some other things I want to get into, because we're getting um, late in an hour here. Um, I want you guys to give your final thoughts, but with that being said, I'm going to play two clips and I want you guys to kind of play, give your thoughts on those, those clips here. So number one,
5: uh, without, without a uh, judgment and repercussion from cancel culture.
6: Or if this, you or ask all of culture. the people that didn't make it to the NBA, if you ask them if we just lowered the goal down another foot, <laughs> they all tell you they make it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes the out of bounds, but the out of bounds gotta be there or you'll run up in the stands. Right. Mm-hmm. So some of these things are for the benefit of everything. Nobody likes the speed limit, but it's necessary. Nobody likes the shoulder of the road, but it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. My, my point is, um, weren't all that extremely funny back when they could say whatever they wanted to say. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the day, there's no cancel culture. Cancellation doesn't have its own culture. That was people of color. That was us policing our own culture. That was people without a voice being trashed by people just because they had a bigger name than them and more money than them and a better office than them they could sweep them up under the rug like they didn't matter i don't know what people we think got canceled that we wish we had back i don't even know who though who are they Mm. it's done for the reasons it's done for and it helped who it helped Um, if all that's going to happen is we have to be more sensitive in the way that we talk isn't that what we want anyway I'm saying your job as a comedian is to please the most amount of people with your art. So. If you want to offend somebody, nobody took those words away from you. Mm -hmm. The dirty bitch ain't been taken away. You can say that, but (laughs) don't call somebody this word when you know this affects all of these people. Don't use the R word when you really mean people on the spectrum. Don't Mm -hmm. don't say this word instead of saying autistic. Don't say this word instead of saying little people. Look, if these are the confines that keep you from doing the craft, God, Put you to,
5: then That's it probably right. ain't for you. You're telling right. a- so, like you, you, you don't want comedians to not take chances in this new world of of precision, of social precision, mm-hmm. where everyone's talking and living like fucking politicians. I'm not. I'm not running for anything. Nigga. I'm, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to say, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll be wrong, and many times I'll be right, but you have to have the freedom to do it. So I lock people's phones up because it empowers me to do a better show and uh-huh. to be more honest yeah. and not just precise. Mm. Be more honest and not just precise. Do you, they, you mentioned Kathy uh, Griffith. She hit a wall when she held the president's head up and, uh, Bill which, Ma- which was a rough that one. Was, that was a rough one. That, that was, was di- that one. was difficult for everybody. Not Can, for everybody. Not by, well, a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Bill Maher <laughs> Ma- got too comfortable and said he was a house nigga. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you apologized for what you, well, not apologized, but took back what you said on um, SNL about President Trump.
0: So I, you know, that's going on. But I, I did those two clips because I wanted to see your, your thoughts on, we just talked about cancer culture and talked about being proper and maybe in delivering speech. And Dave Chappelle talked about his um, authenticity. Uh, what do you guys feel about those particular subjects to end it all?
1: I definitely agree with Cat. He said you weren't funny when you could say whatever you want. Um I absolutely believe that when your value is inherent, it can't permanently be shut down. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that oh now I can't say this and the victimization, I can't even say things anymore without the the counterpoint which is well maybe the things that, that the fact that we've been saying it is leading to suicide for example or leading to people being murdered like why isn't that what we're talking about? Instead of oh, poor me, now I can't use these words, and what what am I supposed to do? So yeah, I I think if you have value to add, it won't be shut down.
0: Mm-hmm. Keisha,
3: I agree. I think that's a really good point. Also, um, what makes I think Cat Williams is a perfect example of how you don't like people. If you like them, you'll make room and you'll make space for them. Mm-hmm because I think Cat Williams over time has done things that everyone may have found to be egregious, um, but very much what he said is, is true.
0: Yeah.
3: He's funny, he's likable, people like his personality, or what they pr- perceive his personality to be, and so I think it creates a, um, a harder responsibility or hard accountability for people to have to Bear or take on, in order to say this person right here, I have to let go of, because he already won your heart. So had he been someone who was just up and coming, and you didn't really know him, and you know you couldn't quote, you know quote him from, you know whatever from Adam. I think that that would be a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, but the inconsistency of cancel culture is what makes it ridiculous, mm. <laughs> because you again you. You can't just make room for those you you like, right. and then go on this mission for those you don't. Right, that's what makes it inconsistent. That's what makes it, in my opinion, not real. Right,
0: Carlton. The comedy
4: world is a place where um, where people can really, really be who they who they are on stage that they can't really be nowhere else. And you have to have that kind of freedom, um, to exercise whatever you're thinking, feeling, believing, saying, doing, you know, I, I, I can't even imagine. Um, I mean, I've been, you know, four years in, uh, professionally uh, doing this and I can't think of anything that, um, that, that makes me more alive and makes me more free to do what I do and to say what I say. And if, again, that comes at the expense and at the chance and the risk of someone not being able to follow my story. But at the same time, yo, if it's funny, laugh, get out your feelings, yo. I mean, you know, Cat Williams got a, got a point, you know, Sometimes things need to be canceled if they're not doing their job. Because there's nothing worse as a comedian. I'm sure. I think who, who's the comedian? Is it Shane or is it Keisha? It's
3: Shanna, the lesbian. Shanna, I'm
4: sorry. Pardon me, Shanna. I'm I'm positive you have been in a room. You've been on a lineup with someone who just doesn't make anyone laugh and it's not about they are bombing. They're just not funny. They need to be canceled. Comedy is the one job that you can't get fired from. Hmm. And you need to have if you're going to cancel that, cancel those who are not talented. But for those who got something to say, for those who are bold and daring and can join the influence, and I get all the other accountability that come with what you're saying and what you're doing. But again, some thoughts need to be spoken and some, and some ears need to hear them. And unfortunately, there's a larger mass of people who will take that and be like, yo, I learned something. I had a good time. And there's going to be some people who going to venture off. You can't save everybody. But comedy is a place where you can't just be censored. You got to do what you do. And I've spent four years and uh, uh, an additional 33 years getting in trouble because I don't know what the hell to say sometimes, but <laughs> fuck it. But anyway, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. Not but anyway, cool.
0: um, one thing I would say, man, like the problem I have with cancel culture is that we often try to attribute it towards a particular individual and you can't cancel something that's systemic, you know? And so if you're cancel, if you're putting the cancelization, cancelization on somebody, and I don't know cancellation on on a particular individual and say that's we're getting rid of that. Well, no, you're not. Can't getting rid of that culture. You're getting rid of, of a person, or you're trying to. Getting rid of Harvey Weinstein doesn't really um, take away sexual predatory b- behavior. Getting rid of R. Kelly doesn't really take away sexual predatory behavior. Getting rid of um, someone who has is a bigot in their views of LGBTQIA or even black people, white people doesn't get rid of that behavior. When you don't have the power to change the systemic issue of why they think that like that in the first place. And so I don't really, I don't believe in, in cancel culture because the people that are often saying we're going to cancel them, you don't have the power to change the system anyway. You're just now, all you're doing is just trying to, as Keisha said, bully people. Um, So, that's that, but I just want to give a, a quick little story about if you're trying to figure out why I feel a certain way about you know, um, transgender. Little known story about Kamara Williams. When I was in high school, um, there was a teacher who was my favorite teacher in high school, and he was uh, my history teacher. I actually um, became a history major, but not because of him, but you know, he had such an indelible effect. Well, one day, one summer... He came back as a woman. And so she wanted to identify. Now, this is back in the 90s when this was crazy. There was a whole community meeting um, about this particular individual. And so they had, like, the school board and everything and whether or not this person should teach. I didn't really know anything about it, but I just, I just went there. I went after school, and, you know, um, and I just wanted to check it out. I, didn't, I did not intend on speaking. I just wanted to observe because it was crazy to me how this person who literally was a great teacher, they were talking about they couldn't teach anymore. And I'm like, did, I understand their personal vision, but did they, their teaching style change? No. And by that time, I actually was not even at that school anymore. I went to, and transferred to another school. Just um, for other reasons for sports and whatnot, but I do remember this person was such a great teacher. So then I went to the school meeting. wasn't even attending the school at the time, and I went to go check it out. And I was so thrown back how everybody was just talking like this person wasn't like a real human, and how they were terrible, and how they did. And I was like, nobody. And I was amazed, like, why is nobody talking on this person? Like nobody's speaking up for them. So I don't know what possessed me, but I went up to the mic, and I don't know what I said. I said something. And it was like a pin drop. And um, it was like everybody was just kind of like, I just remember out of body experience, everybody would look watching me because I was advocating for this person. Like, look at the humanity of this person. Like, you're not even talking about who they are. You're just talking about what they what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, nobody's even brought up their teaching and, and the impact. And I said, this is the impact this person's had on me as a student um, and, and and them as a teacher. Anyway, I left. I didn't stay. I know I know that microphones were trying to get in my face, and I just left. So I get home. I'm thinking nobody knows what I did. Right. Get home, and I hear my mom on the phone with somebody. And my mom says, I hear in the background, he did what? <laughs> and my mom comes up to my room, and she says, you were on TV? And she's still on the phone with this person. And she says, you were on TV talking about this person. And, you know, at the time, we didn't have – transgender, you know what I'm saying? This, trans, this transvestite, you know, you know, you were, and she was going going off and on, right? And um, she said, you don't know nothing about that. What are you getting on television? I was like, I, first of all, I was like, I didn't know it was on television, number one. And number he two.
3: on television four. Right, you
0: know what I mean? Like, and number two, I did, literally just spoke from my heart. And then the person on the phone was like, no, 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 he did a really good job. He was really convincing and he said, "Your son might be a lawyer," because he really convinced me. Mm. Like what I didn't, I was not convi- I was not sure how I thought about it until I heard him speak. And so, you know, that moment, you know, I always think about how sometimes when something is foreign to us, we tend to take away the humanity of somebody. Yeah, of course. And we don't, when we don't, we choose not to look at them for who we are, but what we want them to be. And I don't think that's fair. And I think sometimes we have to we have to walk we have to remove ourselves from situations and say, Well, how am I treating this person? Mm-hmm. And I always I always say put the humanity at the forefront mm-hmm. of our dealings with people and you'll always come up on top. So with that being said, um I'm gonna end this podcast on a big Sean song. Um, because i what I found myself doing with Dave Chappelle is I had a lot of confliction with this special because I did while well, I did see the genius, I did see that there was a part of it where he was taking away the humanity of people um, of an end of a movement that he had no business doing. So um, thank you all for listening to this podcast. I know it was a long one, but I think it was a heavy one that we had to actually um, piece together and, you know, peel out um, certain issues. So with that being said, we going uh, right out. Yeah. So if you say nigga, then I'm gonna say, is that a Ritz?
4: 50 niggas dick, 100 niggas step, million man march, Mm. crack it not you start, hold your head, guard your heart, hold your head, Uh. nigga get your bread, Uh. light your spark, strike your mark, life don't stop, so So hold your head, guard your your heart, heart. hold your Your head. head. Yeah. conflicted in this free base world to give and take take because i always rather give than to be the one saying thanks Whoa. conflicted like being signed to yay and managed by jay conflicted like being cool with Pusha and drake Damn. conflicted like repping a city where i hardly stay i knowing that you're wrong but it's too hard to say